Guten Tag! on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it. Then, replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be escaping the castle and talking about Wolfenstein 3D for the PC. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. We're ready to fight some Nazis. So, let's press start. Akton! So we are on episode 27 we're going, going strong still. Start of season two. Start of season two. That's <laughs> right. And this is good because uh, we did our diligence and recorded a buttload of Rose segments so we could just play a whole lot of games. Play and, some games. Play yeah, some not games. have to feel uh, super stressed about it. So this is good. We're, we're starting off well. We'll see how as, it goes. <laughs> as, as I'm ready to leave my house for three weeks to go on vacation. So... <laughs> Not sure how much gaming will ha- be happening. Portable gaming. Oh, I was going to say, I say that in two of the games that are coming up are on the Switch. So. Well, they are virtual versions on the Switch. Well, we yes. Okay, they're not Switch games. <laughs> they're games that are I just are like hosted, being obnoxious. Ported to the Switch. Yeah, so this is going well. Excited to be starting this uh, second year of the podcast. Yay! Yay! So... I think it's time then to get to today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day. <laughs> trope of the day. <laughs> I don't know how to change it up for for season two. I know. So this episode's trope of the day is easy mode mockery. Katie, what can you tell us about easy mode mockery? So there's two different versions kind of talking about this there's the first Mm -hmm. one where they just don't let you progress further if you're in easy mode so certain games will just literally stop you from going all the way through the game or won't you're just not allowed to get the best ending if you're playing on easy mode uh the other half of it it's like when they add something literally within the game to start mocking you for being on easy (laughs) and making fun of you for doing it um this also includes when the names of the like types of Uh, levels like easy medium hard aren't easy medium Mm -hmm. hard and they're things that make fun of you for the easy levels for example this episode's game wolfenstein 3d and all the wolfenstein games actually after this started doing the levels instead of like easy it's can i play daddy and don't hurt me Uh, i think doom did the same thing too right yes i'm too young to die (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i love some other examples, the X-Men 1993 game, which was a side-scroller kind of beat em up style, you literally ended halfway through the game, and Magneto's like, only heroes can beat me, and you're an amateur. And then it just ends. You can't, you can't beat it on amateur. Nice. Donkey Kong Country returns. Cr- Cranky Kong makes fun of you if you buy items. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I'd rather it do that than um, have the stupid live system. I will say that yeah. to increase difficulty, like... 
Yeah, encourage people to play difficult games. Yeah. Um, I think the one that I thought of right away when I was thinking about this was in um, early Guitar Hero and Rock Band games. Uh, they kind of made fun of you, but then you actually couldn't earn money in like on your gigs if you did it on easy mode. So you couldn't buy extra songs. You couldn't basically play the whole game on easy mode. Uh, and you earned no money because you're on easy mode. And oh, kind of made me laugh. Mm, Jammer Lammy actually ended after their desert slash hell level. You wouldn't. You weren't allowed to do the final concert if you were on easy mode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We talked about that. A lot of games do this. The other side of that is, I think, was it Ninja Gaiden, where if you die a bunch of times, it literally says, should you just go on easy mode? Yeah. And then it, like, gives you the option to do that. Yeah, and then it makes fun of you for doing so, though. Yeah. It's like, mm, you suck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, It's just the whole adding extra things to make it easier for you, but they kind of are, you know, placating you and making you feel bad about your choices in life. And they've definitely kind of gone away with this. Uh, in in modern games, like there are the achievement stuff, but at the same time, they want to ga- make games more accessible, so they won't necessarily make fun of you for playing on easy. But they will do the lockout content based on on difficulty level. Or or the, on the opposite way, they'll have achievements for easy mode, but they also have achievements like certain things you can only get in hard mode. So yeah. I'm playing the Final Fantasy remake right now, and there are certain monsters you can only fight in hard mode and so if you want to hmm. complete all of the tasks which is fight like all the monsters you have to play in right. hard mode or you can't uh, so it doesn't punish you in that sense of being easy you can beat the whole game but you can't like platinum you can't get all the achievements and play the quote unquote full game unless you're on hard yeah. mode and I guess that's not really that's kind of tangentially related to the trope right because the uh, a lot of those early games literally made fun of you for playing on easy. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> LucasArts, I feel like, did this in quite a few of their games. Yeah, I feel like they would lock out stuff a lot yeah. of times. They they went that route. Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, apparently their easy mode was, I've never played an adventure game before. I'm scared. <laughs> so in that mode, most of the puzzles are already solved for you. Ah, uh, well, that's no fun. Well, that's the point. It makes it a very unsatisfying experience. Yeah. Well, it's that's interesting because it's an adventure game, or a, a point-and-click adventure, which yeah. uh, point-and-click adventure have no right to make fun of people for not solving their puzzles because... Some of them, yes, are very, uh... Yeah. <laughs> adventure game logic is definitely a thing, <laughs> and it makes no sense. So, while some games are trying to get away from it, I think in modern gaming, there's still some games that I think bring up the fact, like with achievements. It, it, it doesn't lock you out of games, necessarily. I think games are too expensive nowadays for to, to, to feel like you're getting locked out of content uh, just because you can't play the hardest version. Uh, eh, eh, DLC. Oh, true. But my, <laughs> my point is, yeah. it, it's more likely to pop in achievements in modern day, I Correct. think, than it is to block you from gameplay itself. So while they've kind of shifted away from what they were, it still definitely exists out there. And that's why Easy Mode Mockery is today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! So let's get into the meat of the episode. Chris, tell us more about Wolfenstein 3D. So Wolfenstein 3D came out in 1992, developed by the legendary id Software. And this was a DOS game originally. This was before Windows 3.1 or any of that fun stuff. Woo! What do you think the software requirements were? 
for this game? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> throw, throw it to Kyle. Kyle, what do you think the Producer software Kyle, requirements go. are? The 25 megahertz. You needed 640K of RAM, a VGA graphics card, so it could display 256 colors, and a hard drive. <laughs> because that was not a given on a lot of those early computers. That's true. Yeah. That's so funny. So, anyways, Wolfenstein 3D, you could kind of tell it started out with the engine. The engine designed by John Carmack. And this engine was developed first through a game release called Hover Tank, which might have actually been one of the first first-person shooters instead of this one. Really? I thought everyone well, pretty much calls this the first first-person shooter. Yeah, I mean, it was a game that no one actually played because it wasn't received that well. But it used the technology from Hover Tank and its next game, uh, Catacomb 3D, and kind of combined it. John Carmack was slowly building up the engine for these games with those two games. And if you look at uh, screenshots from those two games, you can absolutely see where it came from. Mm. So he was developing this engine. He figured out how to combine things like ray casting, which is essentially only drawing the things that you see. Kind of like occlusion culling, <laughs> which I'm just going to say all the time. <laughs> and texture mapping to make everything better and faster and more 3D. And so they had this engine and John Romero comes up with the idea of let's take this old game, Escape from Castle Wolfenstein, which was just like a maze, top-down, old computer game. Let's make a 3D, quote-unquote, version of that. Ooh. So it was really interesting because this was developed essentially as an idea to fit the technology at the time so it, it's kind of funny it's the opposite of how we imagine most games nowadays where you yeah. have the idea the, it, it's funny it sounds a lot like when a brand new console comes out you always have that one game that's done by the console that is meant to display everything that's show a part off of the everything game, that yeah. show off everything like it, it it the concept comes after the mechanics and so that, that's that's yeah. what this sounds like despite it not being for like a new console or anything well, and this was kind of id Software's MO for a lot, where John Carmack would design these engines and they would fit a game around it to look good. That's interesting. Yeah, so... It worked. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> so the id team was only six people, and really two of them came in the last minute. So you had the, the two Johns, the legendary Johns, John Carmack, John Romero... John Carmack designed the engine. John Romero did kind of the tools and game and level design. Adrian Carmack, no relation to John Carmack, did the art. Tom Hall was kind of the ideas guy, so he was an overall director and designer. They hired Jay Wilbur late kind of in development to be like their business guy. And Kevin McLeod, who did art and design and stuff like that. They did get some outside help from Bobby Prince, who it had met through Commander Keen work, and he did all of their sound design. And it should be noted that this was the first time that id Software did digital sound instead of MIDI, I guess. <laughs> so that's It was fun. so clear. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> yes. I should note a lot of this information that I'm drawing on is 
from a fantastic book called Masters of Doom. If you like video game history, read Masters of Doom. It pretty much goes through id Software from creation to, you know, where they were. Talks about Carmack and Romero. It's a phenomenal book and has tons of information and really, really cool anecdotes. So I will be drawing on a lot of that as well as a bunch of other research we've done. But that's just a, a totally non-sponsored plug for that book. So finally, when Wolfenstein was done, they released it via shareware, as they had done with their previous couple games, through Apogee Software, and a retail version a year later through GTI Software, which, fun fact with them, the guy that founded GTI Software was the guy who essentially discovered Miami Sound Machine. Ha! Huh. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. They also developed a, a separate game aside that was more Wolfenstein levels called Spear of Destiny that was released through a company called Formgen Retail about the same time. Hmm. So one thing that everyone thinks about this game is the, quote, violence and blood, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess they were showing things to Formgen, one of their publishers, and Formgen was really concerned about this. And so they called up Apogee, who was their their link to id Software, and they were like, I don't know if we could do this, you know, try to tone down the blood and gore. And so Scott Miller, the guy at Apogee, calls up id and goes, Formgen thinks that it's too violent and too bloody. And everyone starts groaning. And he's like, beef up the violence. I mean, that's hilarious. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. It, it, you know, the game came out in 1992. That That is the, like... There was nothing like this. I mean, there was a well, couple games, but... That's also... It, it's, like, right at the start of the satanic panic time period. So you could also see why violence, like, hyper-violence yeah. is something that they were kind of apprehensive about. And World War II and Nazis... So when they were originally coming up with this idea, they were worried that they weren't going to have the Wolfenstein name because it was copyrighted by um, Muse Software, who created the original Escape from Castle Wolfenstein. So they had a bevy of names that they were thinking about. Some ideas were the Fork, the Fourth Reich, Luger Me Now. Oh, that's bad. Castle Hasselhoff. Dostoifel, which means devil dagger. Uh, Gruschlik, which means bad smell. Gruschlik? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) A bunch of German words, obviously. Obviously, but no. Yeah, well, fortunately, Muse Software went out of business and let the copyright expire. So they could just use the name with no problems. They did eventually meet the guy that made the original game. And we're actually very tentative. They'd be like, could you play our game? Also sign our manuals because we love your game. And the guy ended up liking it, so. That's amazing. Huzzah. It all worked out. That is true. So they actually did a lot of censoring on the SNES version. Oh! So Hitler was named Statmeister, and his mustache (laughs) and Nazi armband are absent. All Nazi symbolism was removed, and they just changed it to the master state. Enemies speak English instead of German. The only blood in the game is on BJ's face when your health is lower than 25. Okay. And then 
the not Adolf Hitler Statmeister has a unique death animation not seen in any other version of the game. Instead of melting into a pile of gibbs, he simply falls down. <laughs> that is fair. They they did add the uh, for the later episodes. They had the death cam after you beat the boss, and Hitler literally exploded into a pile of gore. I think I sent you that picture after I beat it. You did. Oh my god. So okay, so they did a lot to port that over, which they is not did. surprising. So I wonder if it's because they because not only does Nintendo want to be, you know, more family friendly, but then Nintendo could sell it in Germany. Right. And uh, look at all the other Japanese games that tiptoe around any sort of Axis power in any game ever. Yeah, that's fair. That's another trope. Uh, Nazi in any other name. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think they, they've... Uh, Jeremy's loosened a little bit because I know the modern Wolfensteins don't change it away from Nazis as far as I'm aware. Because... The Nazis are the bad guys. And because you can depict Nazi symbology in art. And I think they've finally come around to view things like video games as, as art. artistic expression. Interesting. And because again, they could be in, like, movies and stuff. Yeah. Again, I feel like it helps that you are killing Nazis and not being well, yes. a Nazi. So when this game was released, they had no idea how much money they were going to make. Like, they were expecting to make a bunch of money because they knew it was going to be really exciting. They were expecting maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a month. And this is just in shareware, mind you. So you give the game out, a tiny game out, you give a tiny part of the game out for free and then make them buy the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. They're expecting fifty, sixty thousand dollars The first month, they got $100,000 just in shareware. That's incredible. Yeah. I think they ended up selling around 150,000 copies in shareware and about that number in the retail version. Yeah. Which, again, was absolutely insane for the time. It was well-received by critics other than the violence, and most of them just noted the violence. Computer Gaming World called it frightening re frighteningly realistic and extremely violent graphics. It got the 1992 Best Arcade Game Award from Compute Magazine, the 92 Most Innovative Game and Best Action Game from Video Games and Computer Ent Entertainment Magazine, it became the first shareware game to win a Cody Award mm. and the smallest company, again, because it was only six employees, to win that award. So they just racked up awards and recognition. Computer Gaming World also called it the grandfather of 3D shooters. And it really is. It put first-person shooters on the map. Yeah, it's one of those things where we look at it in the modern era and none of this surprises us because it is... it it is what created the genre of first person yeah. shooter essentially like we wouldn't have the genre without this game so yeah. it makes sense to us now but even back then it was it was people really really liked it and absolutely revolutionary bought the heck out of it <laughs> i i've gone on for a ton i could keep going on about the dev of this game because there's so many good stories read masters of doom if you want more information because it is Phenomenal. That's the last or, time I'm going to pitch that book. Probably. Or listen to it because there's audiobook versions too. It's uh, narrated by Will Wheaton. That's how I process the book. I listen to it on Audible. Just another thing we like to go over in this section are speed runs. 
just to show how really bad Chris and I are in comparison. Chris is much better. I don't finish games in this case. But (laughs) for the can I play daddy mode, which is, again, the easy mode of the game, the speedrun record is 2 minutes and 28 seconds. Good God. It was set a week ago. So this, again, very active Uh speedrunning community still. There are 100% modes, but I noticed in both the easy mode and the super hard mode, uh, which is Mm -hmm. I am death incarnate mode, both 100% leaderboards only had one person each. So that doesn't seem to be the popular way of doing the speedrun. Yeah, that is, I I can see it, but I I can see where that's hard and boring and yeah, the I am death incarnate mode speed run for again non hundred percent just getting through the game as fast as possible is four minutes and five seconds and that was set about a year ago so it's just Crazy. it's super impressive because it's, I don't it's think a fast game it can be a fast game they just didn't shoot people I was watching they just run oh yeah you, you don't make sense you don't shoot at anyone it's not worth it like I think I watched mm-hmm. through the first like three or four chat uh, level floors. And mm. they were completing them in like 20 seconds each. I think I was averaging about an hour per episode or thereabouts. So a little bit slower than that. Those times are for just per chapter. So that was chapter one speed times. They yeah. do have yeah, each yeah. chapter different. I'm not going to go through them all. It's again, it's still a really active community. We had speed run set two days ago or a <sighs> week ago. So people are doing that. They're all within that same range, essentially, of mm-hmm. two minutes to three minutes for the for in the super easy mode. I want to say that John Romero had like he could beat the first chapter on Death Incarnate. His record was like four minutes and like thirty to forty seconds that's as amazing. the game came out. That's super impressive. Yeah. But, you know, he was the designer of the game. So a lot of great information about the game. Again, go get the book if you are interested in hearing more about it. I think Chris could keep talking for days about this, but we do have to cut him off eventually (laughs) because it's time to play that Chiacarina of time and head back to the past and have us talk about the game before we had a chance to play it again. So let's do it. Here we go. And that lovely music brings us back to the past, back before we had a chance to play the game again as adults. So, Chris, tell me, what do you remember about Wolfenstein 3D? I remember it's way less serene than the Chiacarina of Time. <laughs> that is a great point. <laughs> <laughs> so this this has to be the first uh, FPS that we played, right? Because I don't think we played, like, Doom or anything like that before that. I don't even know how much I played it, to be fair. That's that's fair enough. Like, I, I know I watched it. The first note I wrote down was, Mein Leben! <laughs> yes, uh, that's, that is that is one of my first notes. It's the, I think, screaming Germans. Yes. Just whenever, whenever you kill them, they go, Mein Leben! The, the, the sound effects or in general. Achtung! Oh, God, that's the other one. I was like, I was trying to remember what the other one was. Yeah, the sound effects in general, I remember. But yeah, it has to be one of the earliest FPSs. Obviously, the first one we played on the computer. I think it might be the first FPS, but this might be like the OG. 
Yeah, we'll find out how wrong we are or how right we are. You might be right. Because um, I don't All know right. when Quake came out and stuff, so... Quake was afterwards. Okay. Yeah, so it it stands out for a lot of reasons, obviously. Like, the, the sound effects and... I, I remember even thinking back then the graphics weren't great just because like the the textures yeah. were all repetitive and stuff like that. But it didn't really matter. It was definitely it didn't take away from like immersion of playing the game because the textures weren't great. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, I mean there wasn't a ton of immersion, I guess. But I, I do remember the colors being fairly bright and vivid. Especially compared to like Doom and Quake and all those things. I remember things. the reds being very vivid. <laughs> Yeah, I remember it well because there was, like, blue walls in a couple of the places, and the blue was very striking. I remember the paintings everywhere. Yeah, there were paintings of Hitler everywhere. <laughs> and and lots of Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. And, like, the treasure was very bright that you could find, like, the chests yeah. and goblets and crosses and stuff like that. Because that was your, like, points. Yeah, that, because there was points point. and time, right? I forgot about that, yeah. Because there was the cheat. The It was like MIL. You hit all those at the same time, and you got, like, full health and all the guns and full ammo. And... Yes. But it, it gave you, like, negative a ton of points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also remember, just when you're exploring around, distinctly remembering, this is one of the earliest games that taught me, if there's two suspicious, like, trees or bushes on either side of a, like, painting oh, to go yeah. a wall, go click that piece mm. of the wall, because that's where all their secret doors were always hidden between, like, it, like, it would be this blatantly, like, either a bush or a tree or, like, like potted plants, not, like, outdoor trees, or, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, torches, and it was just really blatant. It'd be, like, at the end of the hallway, it'd be, like, torch, torch, click the wall in the middle, it's a blatantly a hidden yeah. door. Um, and I remember this game was one of those early games that taught me that's how you found stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. And it yes. would make that like creaking, groaning noise as it went backwards. Exactly, exactly. I definitely remember that sound. I, I feel like I remember a bunch of the sounds. I was going to say, the sound effects in general just stood out to me. The dog noise, the, like the bark that they used to make when they yeah. like, grab at you. The the treasure noise. Like the dit 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 dit. Like those just little things. I remember there were like health packs and food and so was, dog I food dog i think food? i was gonna yeah. say i remember you eat dog food at one point um like it, it and it revives your health if i remember correctly yeah but like not a lot no the dog food was like the least amount yeah but it was like available because there were dogs that tried to murder you the dogs used to scare the bejeebus out of me i don't know what about it because they would pop up, and I remember just being And like, they were fast. They were so fast. And I just remember yeah. always being startled, like, knowing, because we'd replay those early levels especially over and over again, and knowing they would be coming, and they'd still scare the mm -hmm. absolute bejeebus out of me every single time. I want to say there were, like, a couple different types of guards. Like, there was just a normal guard and, yeah. like, the blue guard. Yeah. Like, there was, like, the SS or something like that. Because the blue guys were the ones that screamed Mein Leben. Right, exactly. Depending on what kind of guard they were, they screamed different things. Yeah. Um, I also remember that you could tell your health. I mean, there was a percentage to say how much health you had, but like his face got more and more beat up in the corner as your health went Yeah. Down, which was hilarious. And then I also remember at the very beginning of the game when you picked your difficulty, there was like the baby mode and he had the pacifier yeah. in his mouth and like the bomb. It was, it was like... Don't hurt me, Daddy was the name of, yes. of the difficult mode or so like and then the hardest was like 
super death or like death incarnate or yeah, something like, like that something super intense i do remember it was that. just like it was like a super campy game it almost felt like yeah it was like leaning into that and i remember being like i don't care yeah. i'm picking the baby because <laughs> yeah like whatever i don't care i'm bad at this i don't want to die but i used all Were the like... codes for sure too like invincibility oh yeah and like unlimited ammo no invincibility that wasn't a thing in this game. Oh. It was just the one code. You're thinking Doom. Oh, that's what it is. IDDQD. I'm, I'm yeah. Those. Good call. This one, it was IDB just hold. the one of like all of the weapons and like refreshing everything. I just realized the ID in the Doom game was probably for id. Yeah. And I never, <laughs> never even thought about that. Nah. Nah. Do you remember the main character's name? So I know it only because of later games. I don't think I Fair would enough. have remembered it because um, it's like BJ Blazkowicz. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, but I think it's because I, I, I've i played and known about the later games that have come out. Like when they, he had a revival, let's be honest. In the last right. like five oh, yeah. years, he's had a huge revival. So good for you, BJ. <laughs> uh, they just did like Wolfenstein again. Like they just called it Wolfenstein. And it was it, not quite a like remake, but it was like a reboot of the series almost. But they also alluded to the earlier series. Like, it was a very, it was one of those, like, soft reboots. And now he's, like, the newest game had his daughters running around because he had twin daughters. What about his grandson? I don't know about his grandson. We're going to talk about him in a couple hours. Oh, Commander Keen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like... Billy Blazkowicz. Billy Blazkowicz. I forgot he's a... I know. It's a, uh, uh, it's a spoiler for... for Commander Key. A rose segment that we're going to do. I shouldn't have I should have waited till then it. to bring that up. <laughs> I know. It's fine, I'll fake it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember we had like a printout or a photocopy of like a I don't think it was a manual because it literally had a map for all of the levels. No, I feel like it was more of guide. Like like it was actually one yeah. of those old school like walkthrough guides that they used to sell. Yeah. There's zero chance that mom and dad still have that. Oh, but no, there's got recycled. Man, that would be so cool if that still existed. <laughs> but the funny thing is, again, I don't know. This is another one of those PC games we don't know how we got because there's no way our parents would have bought this for us. No, and I'm pretty sure we had all six episodes. So it's not like we just had the shareware version no. of the first episode. We definitely had the whole game. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think there's like six episodes and like, 12 levels in each one or something like that something so it's another yeah. one of those games where we mysteriously had it i'm not gonna overthink Meh. it <laughs> no I, I remember a, a very specific secret in the first level where you had to go through like there was like a secret area and then like a super secret like a nested secret within that area and Ooh. it brought you to the secret level oh really yeah and only because that shows up again in Doom 2, okay. where there's a, the secret level in Doom 2 is the first level of Wolfenstein. Yes. And then if you go to where the secret level in Wolfenstein would have been, it's like the super secret level in Doom 2. That's so funny. Which is like the last level of episode one of Wolfenstein. It, yeah, it was a fun little thing. Yeah, it's fun when studios can do that with their own stuff and like kind of bring yeah. it in. Uh, I just, I mean, as much as I'm talking about it, I, I must have played a little, because the more we're talking about it, I'm like, I remember going through some of the codes, I remember going down the hallways mm -hmm. and stuff, but this was definitely a game I primarily watched you play. 
I, I know this was definitely one that I like. I liked watching you play this game. It was like, oh, let's play Wolfenstein. Okay. And I would just watch and yeah. be like, oh, there's a guy on your right. Super helpful, <laughs> I know. But like, yeah. uh, I definitely the, like, distinctly remember just sitting behind you and watching it and playing. And just that's why I think maybe the sound effects and the music kind of stood out to me more because I wasn't always yeah. playing it. It just that's what would jump out to me. But yeah, the, the, the visualization of it again, even though it wasn't the best graphics and even I acknowledged it at the time, like I -hmm. still, it still felt really cool and fun and yeah, it didn't feel like it wasn't well put together or anything. You're like, Oh, bad graphics. It must be crap. No, it wasn't that it was just, this is what it is. And maybe that's in reflection of it was still way in advance of a lot of other games at the time, Mm -hmm. but it it just, it had, it's had its moments. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we only played like the first couple episode or first couple levels just constantly. Yeah. Like I don't know if we ever. I feel like we beat at least the first couple episodes. Yeah. But I because like the the first boss is like the guy with the two like the big chain gun. Oh God! Yeah, the chain gun. And then like the third episode is Hitler in a mech suit. I mean, duh. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) No, but as you do. As you do. Uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta punch Nazis. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't remember how far we got into it. I want to say at one point we were there cheats to get to later levels though. I don't know if there were. Hmm, I'm trying to remember. There might have, but I. Because again, this is pre. I don't know if there were for us. So even if the internet existed, yeah, we did. Uh, we didn't have it, so we weren't looking up this stuff online. Yeah, this was definitely a word of mouth. Find the cheats. Exactly. The, the 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 walkthrough might have had something about it, but like we definitely right. weren't like looking this up ourselves. So I've been kind of curious if there is more out there that we just are unaware of almost. Uh, it's distinctly possible. With all that being said, what is your rose tinted score, Chris? A rose tinted score is probably going to be an eight. I remember having a lot of fun with the game. I feel like there were parts that were, I mean, scary for young us we were quite like yeah when we played this for sure sorry parents everywhere (laughs) we didn't turn out to be violent psychopaths so shock i know right yet (laughs) yeah to be fair there's video proof (laughs) that kyle might say otherwise (laughs) we'll edit that part out For me, I think I would give it a 7 out of 10, only because, again, I didn't play it that much because it just, at the end of the day, wasn't my style of game. And, of course, right. I would get easily frustrated because I would die a lot. Um, and I mm. do remember being not scared of the game, but easily frightened enough to be like, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. You take yeah. over, Chris. I don't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I do, again, I have nothing but good memories associated with this. I remember us mm-hmm. playing it a lot. Yeah, those early levels especially, because I remember we had those pretty, like, memorized at the time of, like, here's the secret here, yeah. here's the secret here. Like, you could get it done pretty quickly and efficiently. Um, and, you know, it sticks out, pieces of it stick out in my brain, like the sound effects and everything that I just, it, it definitely was entertaining, if anything, even if I didn't play it a ton myself. That being said... What do you predict the game will be now moving forward, Chris? This is really hard because I feel like there's not a lot of depth to the game in in memory. <coughs> but I feel like it wasn't a lot of bugs. So I'm going to give a predicted score of seven and a half 
fully accepting that I might be pleasantly surprised on how well this holds up. But I really don't know, because, again, it's been so long. This is not a game we've played in the meantime. Like, I played no. Doom here and there, but I don't think I've ever gone back and played Wolfenstein. What about you? What is your predicted score when we go back and play it again? So I tend to give FPSs lower scores because I know I'm not going to like them. And some of them <laughs> surprise me. Some of them line up to that. Uh, so I'm going to give it a six. I, I just feel like, again, it's a genre that's really modernized in the, the years since and have <laughs> made things a lot better and easier. And to be fair, the FPSs I've played thus far for the podcast and in general have been for uh, the console, not for computer. So I'm probably going to struggle a bit trying to play it, even though everyone says it's easier on the computer. It's just not. I, how I was going to say this might be even easier than that because I don't even know if there's mouse aiming. Yeah, but it's for, I, I mean, there's not mouse aiming. It's just yeah. left, right. But for me, forward, it's just control. not something I'm comfortable with. So I don't know how well I'll adjust. We'll see. I might be completely That's wrong, fair. but I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Maybe it'll prove me wrong. Maybe I'm going to laugh hysterically at the ridiculousness of punching <laughs> Nazis. We'll find out. <laughs> Probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I gave it a rose score of eight. You gave it a seven, and I gave it a predicted score of seven and a half, and you gave it a predicted score of six. So I think that means it's time to jump back into the present and see how we did. Let's do it. Play that Chi Arena of Time. Woo! <laughs> So, we are back from 1941, or maybe just a couple weeks ago. And we have played the game, so let's dive into it. Katie, what can you tell us about Wolfenstein 3D gameplay-wise? So, as we mentioned, it's a shareware game that the first chapter is what was available for free, but in total, there were six chapters available. The first three were the main game, as they like to call them. They were Escape from Wolfenstein for Chapter 1. Chapter 2 was Operation Einsfahrt? Einsfahrt. Einsfahrt. German is really easy for me, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Chapter 3 was... Operation Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe. And... And, well, to be fair, that's what they yelled at you. I swear they yelled Luftwaffe at you. Um, and then ch- <laughs> well, chapter three was Die, Fuhrer, Die. Uh, easy enough. That's easy. Uh, then the second half of the game, chapters four, five, and six, were a quote-unquote prequel trilogy, uh, and they were called the Nocturnal Missions. They were with uh, A Dark Secret, Trial of the Madman, and Confrontation. So initially, only chapters one, two, and three were available. Again, one was free, two and three were paid for, and then they actually added four through six after release. They didn't even make four through six until after the game came out. So They, like, hammered out those levels. I think they said they were doing, like, a level a day. Yeah, so it makes sense. And and that's incredible when you're talking about how much it sold in that first month. That was pre-having the full game available, essentially. So... Our hero through all of these missions is William B.J. Blaskowitz. Uh, he is actually in the modern games as well. He is an American of Polish descent. Also the grandfather of Commander Keen. So basically the overall plot, I put that in quotes, it's not really a heavy plot, yeah. is in Escape from Castle Wolfenstein, you have to 
escape from Castle Wolfenstein. <laughs> it's pretty yes. straightforward. You got captured. You need to escape. Then you find out once you've escaped that they are possibly making zombie warriors to fight. So in that's in Operation Einsfaust. You go and try to thwart the Nazi plan to making undead mutants. And that's in Castle Holhammer? Holhammer. 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 And then, of course, you know, die, fear, die. You infiltrate the bunker and uh, kill Adolf Hitler, who's in a robotic suit for some reason. Mecha Hitler. Mecha Hitler. (laughs) And that. Why? Do you need a reason to kill Hitler? (laughs) What was he in the suit? Oh. Because. Because it, it did have four chain guns. <laughs> <laughs> what the? What, why what would do you, you think of me? Why would you want to kill Hitler? I don't understand. I don't get it. <laughs> That's the main mission. So, Chris, tell me a little bit more about the mechanics in the game. So the mechanics were pretty simple. It was uh, the basics were keyboard, not WASD, which was weird to go back to just a. Arrow keys, control to shoot, shift to run, which the default was right shift to run, which I really hated, actually. I don't think but, I ran at all. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you go so fast in this game, it's really hard to run like, unless you know exactly what you're doing. Like, you're, the basic gameplay loop is run through maze, shoot Nazis, get to elevator, go to next floor. Yes. That's it. Uh, push some walls. Yeah, push some walls. So and that's where you can hit the open button on a random patch of wall, and it'll push the wall back, and there's some sort of secret passage. Sometimes it would just contain items. Sometimes it would go to a secret area. Sometimes it would be a shortcut. Sometimes it would be like a that. Nazi. Sometimes it would be Nazis. <laughs> uh, so the interesting thing is it kind of... Proof that we might have only played the shareware version, but especially I only played the first floor of the first chapter, was I was like, all the push walls are really obviously in between trees. Lies. That changes after the first cha- like first floor of the first chapter, but that's all I could remember. Yeah, and I definitely gave up about halfway through my playthrough trying to find them because I was in a hurry. And literally the way to do it is you kind of put yourself at an angle and run along a wall and hold the open button. Which is great if you're streaming because all you hear is the obnoxious opening Ooh. noise where it just goes. <laughs> no, it's the. Like, Sorry, it, it's, everyone that's watching. It's the noise of you can't open this. And so it's just like. Yes. It's so annoying. The other thing about how you run around the levels is it gave people motion sickness. Yes. Uh, I didn't feel it when I was playing, but when I was watching you stream, I definitely was like, oh, this is getting really? iffy. Huh. I don't know why about it. It's just, I think maybe because maybe you were going faster than I did. I went really slow, to be fair. That's fair. It might be part of it, but it definitely, I can absolutely see why this could absolutely give people motion sickness. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I saw somewhere where it's like, because you're essentially instantly accelerating. Yeah. Or instantly getting up to speed. There's no acceleration. It's just hit button, you're running, or well, walking, and then you could run even faster. So, yeah, pretty much it's a maze game with Nazis to shoot. And there was a bunch of different types of enemies. There was basic guards uh, that just had a pistol. There was SS people that were blue. They had a machine gun. In the second chapter, there were zombies. zombies. 
Yes. And then Which, they had the spies later on, sp- too? No, they called you spy. Oh. They were officers. Officers. They were in white, and they were fast, and had a little bit more armor. Yes. And then... The dogs. Uh, and then dogs, yes. Dogs that just ran around and Mauled essentially wanted face. you to waste their ammo. Yeah. Mauled your face! Yes. Um. So, and... It's it's actually super interesting because in Seventh Guest I said I really always wanted to do a th- you know first person maze. Didn't even think about that. This was essentially a first person maze. This was a, this was a first person maze, and we were playing this yeah. game right around the same time we were playing Seventh Guest. To be fair, yeah, uh, as kids, yeah. I I think the uh, other interesting thing about the mechanics was that if you got the better guns, it actually just backfilled all the guns in between, which was kind of yeah. funny. So if you got the chain gun, it was like, oh, you can have the machine gun too and the pistol. Like, you just get everything. I don't think there was extra damage between any of them. I think it was just a rate of fire change. That, sure. I wouldn't have noticed. But also, it might also not make a difference if you're in easy mode. They, It might be more generic uh, i was like the game was very generous in its hitboxes i didn't have to aim very much which was nice and you could fire through corners half the time yeah it felt like which was a little annoying because that was that was important because the the level design would have random little nooks and crannies where they would love hiding they love to hide in the nooks and yeah. crannies I, I think the other really interesting thing about the AI in this game, well, they weren't necessarily the smartest, like especially the basic ones announced themselves when they right. were in the room with you. They were clever enough that if you tried to leave the room and close a door, they could follow you through closed doors, which I don't yeah. remember a lot of games, even nowadays where people, you kind of normally leave their radius and they let you go and they forget about yeah. you. And I know that's a trope as well. Um, that's not the case in this game. They will keep following you. They can open doors. They can open locked doors, even if you have, you know, like, they can just go yeah. everywhere, which is, that was a really interesting aspect to it, of being like, oh, God, they're still coming. And that that was interesting because that was a way to kind of get some of their attention. Like, the basic guards, if you if you shot your gun, they would they would announce themselves and start running towards you. Because all of the enemies, except the zombies, which made them really hard to deal with, actually, um when they saw you or were alerted to you would say something. Yeah. Like the the guards would say Octon which we always thought sounded like hot dog. And that I am very mad at <laughs> rose tinted glasses Katie for not remembering that was hot dog. Because as soon oh, as I started well, playing the yeah. game again, I was like, that's right. I thought they were saying hot dog. I mean I knew they weren't, but Octoon definitely in the amazing the way digital that they said quality it sound like them saying hot dog. Sounded like hot dog. Uh, and and hence the uh, I think it's the officers. Oh no no, no. the uh, SS say mm-hmm. I don't know what they say, but it's I kept thinking they said Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe, I forget what they say. Yeah, it's supposed to be the they're they're supposed to announce themselves with whatever the German word for the SS is. Apparently, that's what they say. Yeah, it's it's something. And when wa- they die, they they yell Mein Leben. Mein Leben. We got that right. Yes, and the guards will just scream. It's interesting because there's different ones. There's ones where it's just like, I, like yeah. a little, and then there's the one that's like, ah, <laughs> it's like, those are clearly two different people recording these things. Yeah. No. So I remember, so I think that's why I thought they were saying Luftwaffe is because whatever the word for SS is, it's something, well, Waffa, it's something like Lafa. Force. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's Stooch Stoffel, apparently. So it sounds very, which I can hear. Stoffel. Stoffel, but it's definitely Luftwaffe. (laughs) See, I could say it now. Ha. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they announce themselves and be like, SS. Like, okay. SS into house. There were enemies that wouldn't say anything and would kind of hide. So, like, they wouldn't announce themselves until you actually ran past them, which made it interesting. The officers would shout, spy. Spy! The bosses would say things. I always remember the boss in the first level. When he sees you, he says in, like, the happiest tone, he just goes, Guten Tag! <laughs> yes! And then just starts blasting away oh, at you. It was great, because the very first time I fought him, he was like, Guten Tag! And then I died. <laughs> <laughs> He murdered me real quick. So I should say again, there was there was various pickups in in the game, right? There was you could find guns, you would find the machine gun and the Gatling gun mostly in hidden places. Yeah. And then you could find ammo from enemies or as random pickups, and then treasure. And treasure would help in a couple ways. If you got a certain amount of points from the treasure, you would get an extra life. If you got all of the treasure at the end of the level, you would also get a bonus, mm-hmm. which would give you points, which could give you an extra life, which weren't that helpful, honestly. No. Because dying in this game was rough. It was. I mean, it it definitely didn't reward you for continuing. No. Because you lost you, you would all lose of your all ammo, your guns. all your yeah. guns. You'd start from basically, the only like benefit is you wouldn't, lose the points you had already gotten but does that really matter as much yeah i guess you know for people who are trying to get high point scores but it, still it, just, it was way still... easier to just reload a save at that well point. and again this is a game that you could save at any time anywhere there was no limits right. on your saving so it really didn't feel like a benefit to continue because that's the other thing is you could have been three quarters of the way through the level there was actually one time i died with the exit in sight and when you die, right. you get sent to the beginning. <laughs> I was not happy about that. But the other thing is there's health packs, of course. So there's mm-hmm. three different versions of health around. We were correct. You can have dog food for health. I did remember yep. that. And there were also like chicken, roastery. Turkey. Tur- oh, is it turkey? Turkey dinners. Big gold turkey, turkey dinners. dinners. And then health packs, like just f- pure health packs. So you you played you played at the second... Not don't hurt yes, me, Daddy. Yes, I um, played at. Uh, no, it it instead of can I play don't Daddy? It's me, don't can hurt I me. play Daddy? Yeah. yeah it's, instead of I played at don't hurt me, not can I play? Okay. And I did the first uh, first chapter as well. Yeah. That. So so that's something I learned is we got the shareware version of only the first <laughs> chapter, <laughs> but that's fine. I'm not very good at this, so I was like, that's enough for me. <laughs> I beat well, the first I actually, chapter. That's all I that actually matters. I paid for it, so I got all six episodes. So that's how it works. I did the free yes. version, and then I, was I got say, one chapter. We, we could say that because you only got the shareware version. Yeah. The so thing, it's fine. It's fine. The second episode absolutely ramped up the difficulty, mostly because the zombies wouldn't say anything ever, mm-hmm. so they'd be right in your face. And this game does scale damage based on distance yeah so if you're really close to someone you do a ton of damage so all of a sudden they've got these yes they've got these zombies that'll show up right next to your face and kill you in like two shots yeah so i did switch to the easiest difficulty level 
I will note, while I did beat the first chapter on the second to easiest difficulty level, I also cheated. So... Right, because that was a thing in this game. We used the cheat. I used the cheat um, only in the later floors. Um, like I think I mm-hmm. did it starting like floor like six or seven. And then, of course, once you did it once, I was like, well, there's no point in not doing it right. again. So because so was, when you... Yeah, yeah. go. Okay, so the cheat was when you hit M-I-L all at the same time, it gave you full ammo, all the different guns, and full health. But it reduced your score to zero. And added 10 minutes to your level time. And added 10 minutes to your level time. And I remember as kids, I feel like I used that a ton. Oh, yeah. All the time. And, and oh, it also gave you both keys. Yes. So in the first episode, there was only one key that you actually needed. Mm-hmm. In the latter episodes, you did need two sets of keys. Sometimes the keys were behind push walls. Which is, Which is really annoying. Those I definitely used the the hint guide. So so there was a guide that came with the game, a mm-hmm. pretty robust guide that I think might have actually told you about the cheat code in it. I believe because so. they're like you can use it, but shame on you. Right, and that's again. It, this almost goes back into not quite easy mode mockery, but the idea of yeah, it kind of is like. Uh, is it really? I, th- I forget the phrase. It does have like a phrase of when you put the code in, it tells you everything. But they're kind of like, you should be ashamed yeah. of yourself, or you should try it without <laughs> doing this. Like it shames you a yeah. little bit for using that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did give you the cheat code in the guide because, you know, there are consequences to using it. You know, you, right. you don't get away with anything basically by using it. Um, but you know, but it they helped had me beat a, the game or the they first had, chapter. Yeah, they had a hint guide too that you could buy if you called up Apogee Software and paid them and they would send you a hint guide which had all of the maps essentially which we definitely owned as kids we owned a Xerox copy of it I was like in a classic so, classic style for yes. us we had a yes. Xerox copy of the manual and I looked through it I used it a couple times I looked through it and there's actually a lot of fun tidbits like development tidbits. That's where I got some more of the notes for for earlier in the episode. There's some really cool notes in there, mm-hmm. along with all of the maps and sketches and hilarious pictures of the dev team. Yeah, and and the maps again. They are puzzles. They are there's uh, they are mazes. It's a maze. There's absolutely and, and you it's loop you all the time too. There's uh, one of the levels is literally a gigantic swastika. I think I said this in the the Rose segment. There's a level that is literally just a swastika. That is the map. Oh yeah, by the way, so so all of this, if you wanted to buy the full game or buy this hint manual, you would call Apogee Software. And uh, I called the number because I was curious, because Apogee doesn't exist anymore. I don't know what... I called it, and I think it's a roofing number. Or That's a roofing hilarious. business now. Like, it rang for a while, and then it was like, oh, your call's important to us. We'll get to it. And, and it was like, like, oh, okay, fine, bye. whatever. And then someone picked up, but it was like, something, something, roofing. It was like, oh, God, uh, I called the wrong number. Panic! Panic! <laughs> and this was at, like, 1130 at night, too. I was like, why is someone answering this number at 1130 at night? Emergency roofing. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the old school way that used to be like, 
you know, hint lines you used to call into on some yeah. games. Like, that was a thing. So I kind of love that you could call and get the guide if you called in and paid for it. Oh, should say you could actually use the mouse or a joystick for this game? Yes. I did not. I tried. It was very clunky. I think if I had remapped enough of the keys, which is something that you could do, which credit to the game for, for having that ability in there, I, I just didn't find it intuitive at all, at least on my main playthrough. It was hard enough for me to control on the keyboard. I was going to fail with the mouse. <laughs> There's just no question in my mind. I, I yeah. swung about wildly multiple times, so... Yeah. So I, I did make it through all six episodes. You did. You got to kill I, Hitler. I did. And that was only the third. I know. All the weird... All the other ones were just weird other bosses a guy with a rocket launcher the first boss's sister don't know what the weapon of the sixth chapter guy was holding it i made like a weird know. laser noise but i don't know if yeah. it was supposed to have a laser here hold on let's check let's check the hint guide because it probably says because it it's it's fun in the hint guide it says uh it gives you at the beginning kind of the boss and some weird art let's see it is a missile launcher it's just a weird sounding missile launcher it sounded apparently. very odd yes but yeah so each of the bosses and i i enjoyed the fact that even the quote-unquote normal human bosses were about four times the size of a guard oh yeah they were massive <laughs> So I will say that stun locking was very important in this game, yes. especially if you're trying to go quick. So if you shot an enemy, they would kind of react really quickly mm -hmm. and just kind of flinch. So especially if you had a bunch of enemies in the same room, you would just shoot everywhere and hope that they wouldn't shoot you back because you were stun locking all of them as you were damaging them. Yeah, and and you know, interestingly as we said the more basic enemies, if you shot into the air, they would come investigate. So that was also a way of flushing yeah. them out. So they had secret levels in all these games. So essentially each level was, or each episode was nine levels with a secret floor. I remember how to get to the secret floor in the first episode. Don't remember anything about it. I got so lost the first time I played. Like, I was very just confused. running around in circles. If you get to the secret floor in the third episode, there's literally Pac-Man ghosts that chase ah! you. Amazing. That is a thing that happens. Amazing. You can't kill them, and they hurt you a lot. Jerks. But there are Pac-Man ghosts. Jerks. <laughs> now, you know, it, it's funny because like, it's, it's moments like that that you can tell that developers are, are fans of gaming themselves. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. isn't always the case, of course, but you could see like just the love of gaming when stuff like that pops up, and that that's always yeah. fun. So overall, for me, again, this is becoming a repetitive mantra for me of I don't really do first-person shooters; they're not my favorite. <laughs> you know, so going into this game, I kind of knew that I was going to be apprehensive, and again, I didn't play it really as a kid. I watched Chris play it a ton, but I, I played mm -hmm. very minimal. Clearly, only maybe like the first floor of the first chapter. Right. And, you know, I enjoyed it enough because of, you know, the fact that it wasn't impossible for me to play is always nice. Even though I was on the second to easiest difficulty level. So I acknowledge, like, obviously I'm not doing it, quote unquote, the right way or whatever. I still played a lot. I didn't have to aim, which aiming is 
not right. great in my world. <laughs> so I, so, I like that it was forgiving in that sense. Uh, and I did like how if you went to the super easy mode, like you, it was a lot easier to get through. There was more health packs around. Like they wanted you to experience the game, even if they're making fun of you for it. There wasn't. So I don't think there was more health packs, but there were definitely less enemies. Okay, that significantly, might be what it is. Significantly less enemies. And honestly, I was thinking, it's like, you know what? For my first playthrough, essentially, again, of this game, I don't mind going in the easiest because it's so unforgiving I at mean, the higher difficulty levels. And if you kind of know where enemies are going to be, yeah. then I would, like, when I play through or if I play through this game again, I'm definitely cranking up the difficulty because you kind of know where enemies are going to be. And once you know the levels... Yeah. Then, I got lost so often. That was like my, I'm lost. I yeah. don't know where I am. That was a, a go-to phrase for me throughout this game was just, oh, I'm lost. Oh, where am I? Oh, God, is that the start of the level? <laughs> and it's, again, not like some of the games that we've played in the past where you can make a map yourself. Because well, you made maps. the emphasis is on speed. So it's like you just run through the game and just have to either know or figure it out i mean it, it was really really interesting to play again because it was that oh i'm in a first person maze i just have to shoot people along the way and try not to die yeah it it was really really interesting because the the level design i thought was quite good well it did get kind of some of the levels were tedious. Luckily, I didn't get to the really bad Some ones, but you had tedious, that one yeah. that, like, there was a pocket every other co every other wall, like the corner pocket, yeah, and that was those obnoxious. Were rough. It was essentially just, like, yeah, a massive grid, so you're trying to sneak around every corner, and, and they're on both sides. there were enemies almost so every corner. It was rough. Yeah. And they're the ones that wouldn't just come out if you, you took a shot, so... There were the tedious ones... Which, honestly, if you're trying to speedrun it, you just... Ignore it. Blitz through it and move on. Yeah. So... Yeah, the number of times where you'd find a locked door and you're like, oh no. That just means I missed a key somewhere else. Well, that was something, again, learning the levels is crucial to this game. So mm -hmm. I would die and reload and be like, oh, well, I went to the right the first time and I found a locked right. door. Which means I should go to the left this time and hopefully find <laughs> the key. You know? But they, I would also multiple times run into, okay, so here's this locked door. Here's this thing I need to remember. I need to remember so I can come back and then never be able right. to find my way back. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't remember where that was. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's just wander, they, wander, they wander, wander, the, wander. The persistent bodies. Yeah. So it's the one of those. persistent bodies were Well, I've nice. been here before because there's a bunch of bodies. Yay, there are dead <laughs> bodies here. I must have been here. Yes. That's not dark That's at all. That's kind of like weird yeah gross breadcrumbs <laughs> you do fight basically hansel and gretel at one point i was gonna say you do fight hansel and gretel speaking of that so what do you think about the sounds both the, the soundtrack and the the sound effects so i i wouldn't say i noticed the music that often it just wasn't something that was like i know it was there and there were sounds i just didn't Mm -hmm. wasn't something that stuck out to me the sound effects and we we talked about those stuck with me like remembering yeah. mein leben and Octoon slash hot dog like <laughs> you just those those i remember and that the the noise of when you find the um 
the machine treasure. gun or, tr- or the treasure. The, yeah, yeah. But the, not the, the machine gun, the um, the big the Gatling, the Gatling gun. gun, and it was dunded. Like it was just like he got and, all and the, and evil your portrait faced. gets a big smile yeah, on its face. I loved yeah. that. And as soon as I heard that noise, I was like, yes, I remember this now. Like those sound effects are just so classic and they just stuck with you and you know they help it was so satisfying to get the treasure noises like you said and they couldn't stack the sound effects right so like you always wanted to get i remember you you always wanted to get the the coolest treasure at the end so you could hear the whole sound effect or if you're a monster like me you didn't want to take too many shots so you could hear the entire death sound effect from the soldiers yeah, the number of times I think I, get... I said that on Twitch and someone laughed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 number of times that I would hit the SS coot that say the mine Laban and I just hear mine and yeah. I'm like, oh, I hit him twenty oh. times. Because mine Laban. Yeah, the music was interesting. There was only I forget there was there was a certain level of music that showed up a lot. I really thought in the in the latter half of the episodes, and it was like this weird upbeat. Oh, you're music. right. Now that you're saying it, it was um the version of, like, um, uh the na- not the navy song, the armies. No, uh- it wasn't that. So we should, yeah, we should talk about that. There was one of the, one of the soundtracks was some weird mixture of Anchors Away and Halls of Montezuma. Yes, dude. And it was one of those like, what is that? Oh, it is. Yeah. But it was like a weird version of it, so that's why I didn't like. You didn't recognize it right away. Oh yeah, and it was like various clips of it. It it was bizarre. But it was this weird, upbeat, like happy-ish, and I think it was supposed to sound frantic. Okay. But it was like da 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 da. I was just like, what is happening? Starting to sound like Indiana Jones. It like keeps showing up. It was like this is so oddly out of place in my brain. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite remember that one. But yeah, the music, I do remember that now that you say, like, talk about the music and stuff like that. But it it just, it didn't... The sound effects were good. The sound yeah. effects are what stood out to me. That's what I remembered long term. That's what, you know, mm-hmm. I associate with that game are those sound effects. Yeah. They had fun prompts when you wanted to uh, leave the game. Yes. So I think the one that sticks out in my mind, it's like, you hit exit and it's like, Hit N for Guns and Fury. Press Y for Work and Worry, or something yeah. like that. Like, it's are literally sure? trying to shame you for leaving the game. Yeah. Are you sure you want to leave, you wuss? And you're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't shame me. I shame myself. <laughs> so I think it's a good overall look at the game. So let's talk about scores. So, Chris, you gave a rose-tinted score of an 8 out of 10. What do you get? What's your final score? Honestly, I'm going to give it a 9 because I really enjoyed playing this game again. Like, it fits the niche that it was going for with that fast, frantic combat in a maze. It's not trying to do more than it needs to. Like, they literally strip the game down to be as fast as possible. They they, they, they textured the walls, but not the floor or the ceiling, so they could make it faster, because that's what they wanted. A fast game. A fast and that's game is, what it was. Yeah. So, I really think that, in that sense, it still really holds up, to me at least. 
Yeah. Where you you predicted a seven and a half, so that's a that's a jump. That is, yeah. I I was pleasantly surprised that, yeah, it's not the best first person shooter ever, but for what it wants to do, it absolutely accomplishes it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not trying to be anything other than that. Yeah, the graphics aren't good, but <laughs> who cares? It it does well. What about you? Your rose score was a seven. Your predictive score was a six. What is your what is your final score after playing one sixth of the game? <laughs> <laughs> I played the complete shareware version. Excuse that me. That is true. I have to give it a six and a half. You, d- you didn't miss much in the in the <laughs> last five episodes. It's pretty much rinse and repeat. Yeah, I, I give it a six and a half for kind of that reason. It was a little repetitive. I think in mm. comparison to modern games, you know, it just. It is the grandfather for a reason. It's not a modern mm-hmm. game. I think it doesn't help for me coming off of Halo being one of the more recent first-person shooters we just played, and Halo was just so well done and did mm-hmm. such huge improvements. Again, that was the predecessor of modern first-person shooters. And while understandably there's a gap between these two games, you know, it's hard not to compare them. Uh, it was better than I thought, than I predicted it was going to be at least, because, again, I thought it was going to be a little bit pickier about shooting, and it wasn't going to be as generous with ammo and health and it was and i appreciated that the saving anywhere and the level is also super helpful so even though you you know you had to restart a lot at least it helped that way so it was it was a enjoyable enough a game but i think it's just i got lost a lot and that got really frustrating was just constantly getting lost and i was like it's not even like i'm dying i'm just getting lost and that sucks <laughs> uh I know that's part of the game, but it just, it, that wasn't as enjoyable for me. So a six and a half, I still liked it more than I thought I would, but eh, mm-hmm. I think, I think that there is a reason games have modernized well beyond it's where it was. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a snapshot of its time Yeah, of what games were. And I, I still think even, I think that almost, that's what gives it some leeway in my mind mm-hmm. is because it's such a, a genre apart from other first person shooters now because they didn't care about story back then yeah John Carmack famously did not care about plot at all and see I like just wanted a game to work his engine so in that sense I that's why I thought it held up holds up well that's fair so overall I think you know, it's a fun game to play. Get the shareware version if you want to just play for a little bit. There's the full version over on Do- on uh, Steam. It's like $5 for all six episodes and Spear of Destiny. Really out Or something like that. <laughs> no, so it, 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 it can be fun, especially if you like first-person shooters. You know, again, yeah. if you played it as a kid, this seems to be our recommendation a lot, but if you played it as a kid, you're probably going to enjoy it still. It's still a lot of fun. If you didn't, it's fun to play the grandfather of first-person shooters. I was going to say, if you haven't, go buy it so you can see where first-person shooters came from. Yeah, and you see how they got to where they were. And to be fair, yeah. BJ is still around. He has modern games. Learn where he started. <laughs> go back. So that wraps up this episode's look at Wolfenstein 3D. A lot of fun playing a PC game again. Chris, what's going to be our next episode? Our next episode is going to be Spyro the Dragon, which should be a lot of fun. PlayStation. Woo! Even if I'm going to be playing it on the Switch, but... 
it's still it's gonna be a lot of fun looking forward to getting back to some platforming which i'm <laughs> better at <laughs> question mark <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes technically technically i am better in the ranking of things <laughs> yeah. it's better bad is better than horrible yes i feel attacked <laughs> oh good you got the message then. <laughs> so just a reminder to everyone, this is another episode that's going to be four weeks away instead of two. So the Spyro episode will be coming out four weeks from the release of this episode, just because it's still summer yes. and still a lot of traveling involved. We definitely will still be streaming. We're still going to be around on Twitch. Check us out on social media. We're around, even if we are not necessarily putting out episodes every two weeks, but we're still around uh, doing fun stuff. So join us over on Twitch, GWGW Show, or on any of our social media at GWGW Show. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Look us up. Thank you for listening. We, we really appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. We couldn't do this without the producers for keeping us in line and and feeding us information when we need it so thank you very much everyone we hope everyone's having a wonderful summer having some time outside and uh getting the word they got the dog's attention Uh, (laughs) i hope everyone's having a good time right now say goodbye chris goodbye chris bye Mein Leben! Mein Leben! Hot dog! I know it's not tooth, but I don't care. Mein Leben! And that's why today's video game trope is easy mode mockery. And I did that backwards! What the fuck? Okay, it's fine.